fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Tuesday, greatest day of the week, the post-Monday celebration as we are set to carpe diem all over this place, baby. Let's go. Let's have some fun with it. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Election day for many states across the nation. We'll talk about some of those elections. We talked a little bit about Ohio's big issue number one yesterday. We'll touch on that as well. Some big turnout going on right now in the state of Ohio. Uh, polls closing in just a couple of hours from now. For those that don't know what time you this actually airs live because you listen to the podcast or a delayed broadcast of this, it is currently 4 o'clock Central Time, 5 o'clock uh, Eastern Time, when we actually come on it live here, which means you got a couple hours left on that East Coast to get her done and get that vote heard. Sounds like a big turnout, too. So we'll touch on that here in just a little bit. Eric Peters will be joining us bottom of this hour. He is an automotive expert. Kind of appropriate talking about the Mid-America region with that auto belt of Ohio and Michigan and Indiana and that whole area where I grew up near there. He'll be joining us. He's an automotive expert. His website, ericpetersautos.com. He's got issues and talks about cars and politics and life in general. We'll talk with him about smart cars and the removal of any type of privacy. Do the cameras, do the sensors, does everything watch what you do, monitor what you do, and report back to that big old wonderful nanny state-type government? And we'll have some fun with that conversation here in just a little bit. I have to ask you a question because I know that, obviously, not everybody listens to talk radio. Not everybody focuses on current events or politics or issues. Not everybody's the dork like we are on this program, which is why you listen to this show, and we always appreciate you when you do. Not everybody likes that. In fact, there are the ones that just like to follow the Kim Kardashians of the world, the Paris Hiltons of the world, to follow the latest gossip around the world. And we try to find out who is the most popular and what is the trend of the day to know how to try to bring awareness to them and suck them to the dark side. So that way they focus a lot of the hot topical issues as well, because it's important and we need to do that, do we not? If they're going to go to the polls, they at least need to understand what's going on in the world today. And if they're not paying attention or they're not planning on voting, then how can we win them over to get that turnout vote? Because right now, only 40% of the American population, for the most part, really cast their ballot in big elections, especially going into a presidential election next year. I saw a poll just as we were about ready to go on just uh, before the program. The latest Gallup poll on the most favorable ratings of public figures, most of them being somewhat politically oriented. And again, I have to question on whether these polls, on how accurate they are, because I I don't know about this. I don't know about this. According to the latest Gallup polls, the most favorable views of two public figures are both non-Americans, by the way. This is an American poll on the most popular public figures that are more politically minded, or at least newsworthy minded. And the two that came up as the most popular individuals were not even American, but was Prince Williams of England and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Now, I don't know if that's... Do you think that's true? Do you think that's really the case? 
the fact that Prince Williams, which obviously he's been making the news, he has his uh, he has his Netflix special, he's written a book, they're doing a podcast, or I think the podcast was pulled because they just weren't interesting, him and his wife, who has caught a lot of controversy. I don't care what they do, although I do find it quite interesting. They have walked away from the royal family trying to live off on their own, and now no one wants to deal with them because of the shots he's taken at the royal family, so it sounds like he maybe have to be going out there and flipping burgers at McDonald's at some point because they can't get a job anywhere else. I don't think that's going to be true. They'll find some kind of book deal and still make a million dollars. But nonetheless, they have been cut off from that royal family. They do not like them any longer. Outside of that drama, nobody cares. But has ranked as one of the top most approved public figures in the country today. The second one being Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky with after the begging and the groveling of the United States government for the billions upon billions upon billions of dollars from our government, he apparently is still a semi-popular guy. Now again, if you don't follow the issues, you can see, well, hey, he's a guy that has a you know smaller populated country that's being attacked by Russia and he's still trying to be the freedom fighter and all that's well and nice and dandy and he still may be a popular guy on that sense if you don't follow any of his politics. And I give him credit for the fact that he is standing up and trying to defend his country. But the lines drawn about there doesn't mean we need to continue to spend uh, spend money and send it over to the Ukraine. But the fact that he's that popular here in the United States really shows, number one, either people are not engaged, not paying attention to what's really going on, or we still have a lot of work to do when it comes to waking people up and making them aware of, the real issues, and not trusting the mainstream media when they try to tell us something. Behind those two, the next ones, again, kind of flabbergasting here, King Charles of the United Kingdom. So we have Prince Williams, who's up on one of the most highest populated, uh, popular uh, public figures right now. And then you got King Charles, who hates, by the way, Prince Williams. And he's like one of the most radical progressive left-wingers out there completely. Why is he on the popularity list for the United States? Have no idea. We got Supreme Court Justice John Roberts is the only two between those two, King Charles and John Roberts, who are viewed more favorably than unfavorably, which is kind of interesting. Then you have Joe Biden and Donald Trump, which, according to the latest Gallup poll nationwide, again, this is unaffiliated, supposedly, says that those two are tied and are about neck and neck between favorability and unfavorability across the nation and really have the same lack of support or amount of support from both sides of the political aisle behind them. Some of the most unpopular people in the nation include Supreme court justice, Clarence Thomas and vice president Kamala Harris, two ends of the spectrum on that one. Clarence Thomas, obviously getting a lot of heat from the mainstream media lately on how dare he go after abortion rights. How dare he try and limit power at the federal level and challenge them? How dare you do that? And then Kamala Harris, who's just dumb as a box of rocks and people starting to recognize that we don't need any type of PR or media stunt to try and prove that case at all. So there it is, the popularity list across the nation, starting at the high list with Prince Williams and Volodymyr Zelensky of the Ukraine going all the way down to the most uh, unpopular, oh, by the way, the least popular person on the entire list is Russian President uh, Vladimir Putin. The most unpopular guy in the latest nationwide poll from Gallup, going from Prince Williams, Zelensky, King Charles, John Roberts, Clarence Thomas, Kamala Harris, all the way down to Putin, which I find quite fascinating. Uh, It really shows the perspective, I guess, on where people's mindsets are. 
And it's really just all over the place. It really is. I don't know how to put that one into perspective other than people just aren't paying attention. And whatever names that they hear in the mainstream media is just kind of what they're going along with. Like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. It sounds pretty good. We'll just go ahead and do that one. Very strange indeed. Speaking of. What's trending today? Speaking of the popularity game that is the game of politics and current events and news across the nation, Democrats are starting to change their tone just a little bit. Now, I told you that after a while, the socialism would not take hold in the Democrat Party. Or at least it would take a backseat again because they've swung the pendulum too far. The pushback has begun. The voters of the Democrat Party are starting to question whether this is actually a good idea or not. And now they're starting to change their tone just a little bit. Because as we've said so many times before on this program, that there are two things that can make you popular in politics. And that is a lot of money and a good PR team. And now Democrats have a lot of money and they're changing their PR tactics to not be the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's. They're trying to change their tone to not be the Nancy Pelosi's or not even be the Joe Biden's. I mean, who would want Joe Biden to be that anyways, right? Don't act like you're not impressed. I mean, (laughs) Joe Biden is not the epitome of what we need to look at as an example of what a political party should actually look like when you can't remember your name half the time. But many Democrats now trying to actually do the political outreach to the Republican Party and Republican voters. Now, they've obviously stolen a uh, playbook, or at least a play out of the playbook, of Republicans, and especially Donald Trump in the 2016 election. If you remember, Donald Trump went to the inner city areas across the country and said, hey, you've been voting Democrat for 50 years. What have you got to lose? Try something different. Do Do something just a little bit different. Try something else. Because obviously it hasn't worked for you. Democrats now recognizing that that's a great way to try and win their voter base or expand their voter base just a little bit more, reaching across that political aisle. Republicans are still trying to do that after Donald Trump, but they've had a difficult time because we continue to do what we do best, which is sabotage ourselves. But Democrats now looking at an alternative means, trying to win over other voters by reaching out to moderate Republicans in red states. As right now, Democrat Governor uh, Andy Beshar and the state of Kentucky, is, or I'm sorry, candidate for governor, is trying to reach out to Republicans and trying to say, hey, we're doing a conservative campaign push to win over conservatives in the great state of Kentucky. Well, every day I try to focus on those concerns of, of parents that they feel when they put their kids to bed at night. Those concerns that if you don't address, you don't get to anything else. Those are things like, do I have a good job? Can I afford to take my parents or kids to a doctor when they're sick? Do I feel safe? in my community? Are my kids getting the best education that they can? Those things aren't red or blue, Democrat or Republican. They're just really important for those families. And as we roll out programs like providing clean drinking water to thousands of Kentuckians, we're doing the three largest uh, infrastructure projects um, all at the same time that we could imagine. The Brent Spence Bridge, four landing the Mountain Parkway, and on the I-69 project. Those are good for everyone you know we try to govern in a way where we don't pull a state to the right or the left but move it forward for all of our families and again it was kentucky governor andy bashar on fox news now i don't quite think he's grasping the concept of republicanism i don't think he's quite grasping what conservatism actually means unless again looking at these popularity polls on the wide spectrum of where people's thoughts are across the nation right now we just don't know what anybody stands for We don't know what the actual platforms are for the Republican or Democrat parties. 
We don't know what we actually stand for as an individual. We don't know what the philosophies are behind pushing a certain agenda in some way, shape, or form. This guy, who is supposed to be a moderate Democrat, who is appealing to Republicans because he's a Democrat governor in a red state overall, is trying to appeal to the conservatives and moderates by government programs? Did I hear that right? Is that what we were going for here? And as we roll out programs like providing clean drinking water to thousands of Kentuckians, we're doing the three largest uh, infrastructure projects um, all at the same time that we could imagine. The Brent Spence Bridge, four landing the Mountain Parkway, and on the I-69 project, those are good for everyone. You know, we try to govern in a way where we don't pull a state to the right or the left, but move it forward for all of our families. Yeah, the whole hold hands in Kumbaya. The problem is, is that there is a major ideological difference between how we handle certain issues. And even while we claim that we're trying to do it for the greater good, for humanity, for the common welfare, for the general public, for all of these nice little soft key words that Democrats love to use because the general welfare clause and trying to take care of the community and bring things back down to the local level. While we try and hear all these wonderful phrases that are keywords for Democrats that seem nice but actually have a malicious intent, what does it do? It creates and grows the size of government. And while this guy is trying to play off as Mr. Moderate Democrat who's going to win over conservatives in the state of Kentucky, uh, I, I know there's a lot of good conservatives in the state of Kentucky, but they're not obviously the my the majority of the Republican Party with the fact that you still have Mitch McConnell as the senator in your state and you have not been able to get rid of him. So he's pandering to the rhino, moderate, middle-of-the-road Republican that could swing either way for the Republicans or Democrats. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. All these social programs and infrastructure programs and everything else that the government wants to do, they sound all nice and hunky-dory. I have a theory of what the Democrats are trying to do here, and it's not a very, you know, intricate plan. It's going back to the basics. Getting back to the basics, the way Democrats have done things for a very long time, they realize they pushed the envelope just a little bit too far. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, the radicals, the ones that tried to complete the FDR agenda, the complete socialist communist takeover of the country. They weren't able to do it so openly as they thought they would. They thought it would be easy thing, and it didn't quite turn out that way. It is totally absurd. I know it's totally absurd, which is why we don't want to do it. So what they're doing is they're going back to the old school way Democrats have done for a very long time, which is uh, bring those back and all of those radically progressive socialists start putting them back into the shadows just a little bit, just behind the scenes, letting things, let the cogs rotate the way they need to naturally. While on the surface, they go back to the, we're part of the middle class and we're taking care of you and we just want to be there for you, which is why we see someone here like the Kentucky Governor Andy Bashar uh, saying that he's going to create these great programs for cleaner water and this nice highway and infrastructure project and yada, yada, yada. That sounds great. They sound all wonderful. What do they do at the end of the day? They spend more money. They raise more taxes. They create more regulation, and they control you more in a, uh, another way to where you don't notice it until it's actually done and over. He's trying to also come out and say that he was against some of the wokeness going on, which may be another transition, so to speak, that Democrats are trying to do in that public opinion poll. Well, ultimately, they're running on a lie. 
I have never supported gender reassignment surgeries for kids, and they don't happen across Kentucky. Uh, but they continue uh, to put it out there, to claim that they do, and it's simply not true. If you have to lie to win a campaign, if you have to resort to fear-mongering about something that doesn't happen, uh, then, then you shouldn't be governor in the first place. So that's going into the campaign uh, tactics, obviously, as well. I'm not for the wokeness, for the transition for children, and so on and so forth, which is fine. Uh, but again, if you open up the opportunity to allow it to happen, the question was uh, regarding regulations on whether he would actually put a kibosh on those in the state of Kentucky. And he's like, no, I'm not going to because it's not happening. Cool. But again, they're changing that tone just a little bit, just that slight tweak in their messaging, that PR team that's doing very well getting Democrats back on track. The radicals have pushed it too far. The backlash is starting to happen, and they're seeing it with, obviously, the woke companies of Kohl's and with Target and with Bud Light and with Disney, that American people aren't quite ready for it yet out openly in the public. So they're going back to the tactic that they've known for their entire life, which is, talk about how we don't want it to happen we don't agree with it we don't think it's actually happening obviously it's not happening so we don't need to create laws against it because there's no way it would actually happen the abortion issue is the same one where they're starting to say there's no way that people are actually doing you know abortions the day of the baby's born into the third trimester they're not happening those are so slim and far and few between we don't need laws against it because it's not actually happening and then behind the scenes, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Then you realize that, oh, hey, wait a second, it actually is happening. Even if it is just happening once or twice, that's one or twice, one or two too many times because we don't want that to happen ever because how atrocious that could be. But the Democrats don't look at it there because it's so minuscule and it's never even happening. Why do we even have to address this issue? When Democrats and progressives, by the way, have been the ones to micromanage and put laws on the books about so many ridiculous things because we've forgotten how to use common sense to address a situation that we need to have a law in the book to micromanage the situation. And now that we've become a nation of massive amounts of intricate laws micromanaging your entire life, we can no longer go back to the way it was before because they're the masters at playing that game. Get ready for it. Election season's around the corner and this is their new tactic playing off to be the moderate, laughing off the radicalness and the extremism while it happens behind the scenes and then look the other way because of course it's not happening. Those are the radical nuts. We're here for you. We're here for the people. We're the government and we're here to help. Eric Peters right around the corner here on The Voice Reason for a Tuesday. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out on the home stretch here. Last half hour already. Boy, oh boy, does it fly right on by. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Joe Biden, we haven't checked in on you for a while. How you doing, buddy? I want to be clear. How you doing? I'm not going nuts. I'm making sure. Making sure. Eric Peters, um, he is on apparently another interview right now. We'll get him on here shortly. If not, we'll get him rescheduled. Not a big deal, but we'll chat with him. Automotive expert. Kind of an interesting thought, uh, which is ironic because I've been literally um, watching shows lately at home 
that have to do with the automotive industry. I've never been much of a car guy. I enjoy them. I enjoy looking at them. But you tell me about the size of the engine or all the little specs that you have on it, and it just goes over my head. I gloss off, and uh, I, I, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I know how to change the oil. I know how to do a few other tweaks and do things. I know how to you know, change the tire on the side of the road if I have to. I know how to replace an alternator. I do know how to do that one. <laughs> Outside of that, that's about all that I know when it comes to automotive. So and you're like, oh, we're going to like uh, do this. Okay, cool. That's a, that is one gene that I never got growing up in the, uh, the rust belt, like they call it, the auto industry with all the auto unions and all the auto manufacturing plants around Ohio and Michigan and Indiana. That is one gene that I never got. I tried. Oh, I tried. And boy, did I feel left out with many of my friends like, hey, let's rebuild a lawnmower. I'm like, why? I don't understand. This don't make no sense, but it is fun to watch and it's fun to enjoy it uh, by doing it, but just spectating and doing it that way. So speaking of what's trending today, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because obviously the polls aren't closed as of yet, but it sounds like they are getting some massive voter turnout in the great state of Ohio uh, with some of the votes that are going on election day in Michigan, in Ohio, other places as well, but some huge voter turnout going on in Ohio with this concern about issue number one, Ohio issue one, that would extend the change or constitutional amendment or to propose a constitutional amendment and get it onto the ballot and have it pass to a 60% threshold as opposed to the simple majority of a 51% threshold uh, that would be made by Ohio voters in the state if they try to alter the Constitution. Now, this was originally proposed by the Secretary of State and by one of the Republican legislators in the state of Ohio, saying that they want it to be a little bit more difficult to try to make proposals for the Constitution in the state and to try and change some of the fundamental rights in the state as well. Opponents, the ones that don't like the bill, say that during this time of uh, social issues and during times of uncertainty with wanting to change it because, well, we got to make it new retro, man, for the new, you know, for the new laws and the new sexy topical issues of the day, that they don't want this because they think that a simple 51% majority, a Democratic vote of that simple majority would be enough. Now, I want to take you back to the Gallup popularity poll that we read at the beginning of the program on how people are just all over the place. They support Prince Williams. They also support King Charles. They support Zelensky. They don't support Putin, so I guess we do have some consistency going on there. They don't support Biden. They don't support Trump. We're not quite sure where everybody supports it. That's the national poll, not politically oriented. I say that in air quotes because it is a Gallup poll uh, on both sides. They don't support Clarence Thomas. They don't support Kamala Harris. Where do people actually stand on the issues? And if they're that easily persuaded based on simple headlines from the mainstream media, then do we want them to be able to alter the rule of law and the fundamental process that we have in this nation, which is constitutionally protected rights of individuals and keeping government at bay and having certain duties of what the government does, both at the federal level and the statewide levels, that bleeds down into the county commissions and city councils. Well, it's a long-winded way of trying to explain how complicated this issue is, but with people turning out pretty dramatically, it sounds like, in the state of Ohio, do you support raising the threshold to change the Constitution by adding an amendment to a 60% vote instead of a 50% vote? I was watching some memes because, obviously, growing up in Ohio, still having a lot of people that I know in Ohio, a lot of listeners that we have in Ohio, that I was watching some memes and some comments 
about this issue, and they're like, oh, well, think of it in football, that if Ohio State Buckeyes, which is, for those that don't know, although I'm sure everybody knows, like one of the biggest football teams in the entire country for college football, if Ohio State is playing Michigan, the biggest rivalry in college football, and Ohio State wins by 59 to 41 vote, then Michigan, or uh, final score, then Michigan would still win. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We want that simple majority. And, of course, they would tie it into something football like that and try and make their case. But to me, I want it to be more difficult. I want people to actually understand it enough to really want to alter your constitution at a statewide or even at a federal level. And most states already do that. And, in fact, the federal government already does that. You have to have a 60% vote from the legislature in order to make something like that happen. So personally, I I mean, not knowing much detail about the flavor of topical issues in the state of Ohio right now, I think it would be a good thing. Democrats right now say they're concerned about trying to preserve abortion rights with the reversal of uh, Roe v. Wade just last year from the Supreme Court of the United States, and that this would change the state laws and make it easier for them to implement restrictions on abortion, and they don't want that. They also want to try to implement some more gun restrictions in the state, uh, Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio said that he does support this issue, along with most of the Republicans. The ones that don't say that they are well, uh, they are okay with making it easy to try and manipulate some of this. But according to uh, Newsmax, the incumbent governor Mike DeWine says that he's always had a strong backing of the state's right to life movement and favors issue number one. Other Republicans that have come out that have included some of the former governors like John Kasich, that guy there, oh yeah. <laughs> the failure and a half of a governor and the wannabe Republican John Kasich says that he opposes this bill. As so far, a few Republicans who requested anonymity predicted that the resounding defeat of the controversial measure will lead to Ohio shifting from a reliably Republican state to one in which Democrats can win more statewide offices. And that's the argument many Democrats are using, that this is the Republican way to sneak in and steal elections and manipulate the vote to make it harder for Democrats to get their agenda done because they will never be able to uh, implement their agenda, which... I'm sure there's some politics play it there as well. But at the same time, while they're wanting to maintain the legal abortion status in the state after the Supreme Court's Dobbs ruling over turning Roe v. Wade, others came out against issue one, uh, issue one on the grounds that simple majorities have been the means of Ohioans have used to amend their constitution for more than a century without complaints. As four living former governors of Ohio, Democrat uh, Dick Celeste and Ted Strickland, Republicans Robert Taft II and John Kasich have all weighed in against the measure. What a concept. Yeah, shocker right there for John Kasich coming out against that one. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see. I've been reaching out to some friends that are still out in Ohio on what the vote looks like, and it sounds like there's a big turnout. Uh, let me see if I can find it again. Uh, over 600,000 early votes that came in before today, either going and voting in person or the mail-in ballots that have coming in, uh, 630, 640,000 votes across the state of Ohio. So that's a pretty hefty sum with people. And uh, just talking to a friend a little bit ago right before the program said that the lines to go and vote today had some decent waiting. And I'm encouraged by this. Now, according to the uh, county Republican parties, they say that they believe this will be shot down because they see a overwhelming voter turnout majoritively from Democrats. And this goes beyond the state of Ohio. In my opinion, this goes beyond to the entire nation and the messaging and the activism that we have from the Republican Party. Are we doing our most 
to get people politically engaged and getting them to turn out the vote. I can tell you right now in the state of Kansas where I am at, we are not because we're imploding ourselves and our statewide Republican Party has demised themselves from going from about $90,000 in their arson, promising about four, three to four to five million dollars getting ready for presidential elections next year to right now having less than six thousand dollars in our coffers at a statewide party level. Now, that's not to say that county Republican parties aren't doing well, but our statewide party is in complete self-destruct mode and we are not in any way, shape or form prepared for the general elections next year. I'm hoping that other states are doing better than what Kansas is right now. And I hope that they're getting that voter outreach. And while this may be an off-season election, this election in Ohio right now with Ohio issue number one is equivalent to what Kansas saw just last year with our value them both bill trying to take the power of the Supreme Court at the state level in protecting abortion to actually giving it to the power of the legislature to put some additional restraints on it. That's the level of severity of this, because if it does not go through, they will continue to be able to alter their constitution and open up the Pandora's box for any liberal progressive agenda come through with a simple mob rule 51% majority. And to me, I don't know about you, but to me, that's a little bit scary right there. So as they move forward, let's see what happens tonight. Again, polls close in just a little bit. But uh, according to some, this has been a major bill with spending near $20 million for the election uh, campaigns on both sides of this aisle trying to make this one happen. And we'll see how the state of Ohio pans out on here. Because if they're able to advocate for this, Democrats, I think, will have a fair opportunity to start shifting it to more progressive than what it already is. And I said this yesterday briefly, but Ohio is already a relatively purple state. I mean, let's be honest. It is Republican. There's a lot of rural areas in there where we still have some red districts and some red zones. And we have some great elected officials. Obviously, we have Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th uh, District, my former congressman when I was living in that area. Uh, Jim Jordan is there as well. Some solid Republicans. We also have on the Senate side some great ones that were newly elected as well. But at the same time, we have a lot of union power. We have a lot of manufacturing industry that should be the good old boy Republicans that are the blue dog Democrats because they have that stronghold in that area. And it's only going to get worse between that and the three cities that dominate that area. Ohio could be in some massive changes leading to a presidential race. That could also be pretty devastating for them as well, as that is always one that kind of locks in on what direction the rest of the nation may go. And one of those potential swing states, it is the state of Ohio. Is it going to become that blue stronghold? And if that's the case... Does that affect us on a national level as well? This is, to the Democrats, their golden goose to change the political landscape in Ohio. And I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. We need to vote yes on that issue one tonight. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy yes, Hoosier. Indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out last few minutes here on the show. Oh boy, does it fly on by way too fast. So we have the big elections going on in Michigan. We have it in Ohio, the big address in Ohio, the big issue that we need to be focusing on right now. Again, that just affects more than the state of Ohio, but the changing of the tactics, the marketing scheme 
the Democrats have done to change their tone just a little bit. We see it in Kentucky. We see it in Ohio now. We're seeing them go back to their old school Democrat ways of, you know, we are socialist and progressive, but that's going to happen behind the scenes. These aren't the joy jewel looking for. Let's have the public appearance that we're the moderates, we're getting along, we're doing hunky-dory. Because you got to remember, if you look at the political spectrum, they're the ones that have kind of pushed it and uh, changed it and pushed the envelope, pushed the envelope. And now the conservatives, who are about the Constitution, who are limited government, who are let's let the private sector kind of figure things out on their own, we're now considered the radicals. I'm not even talking Trump or MAGA because Donald Trump didn't even do the most you know, limited government things. He's still a populist. He's not a conservative. He's not an ideologue. He's a populist. He wants to do what is popular at the time. And the popular thing at the time that gets him the biggest rallies right now is the let's go after the establishment. And luckily that populism is on our side, but it's not necessarily the most ideological way to fight a fight. A fight. That's why for most of us in the 2016 election, we are originally for someone like Ted Cruz, who is more of a constitutionalist, understanding the laws and how we can battle it on that front. Donald Trump just came in and said, yeah, we're just going to shake up the entire system. And a lot of people like that. And maybe it is needed. I think it is needed to a lot of degree because, you know, playing the same game under their rules while they change the rules as we go along is a very difficult thing to do. And for the children, that's how you used to win because I'm not going to lose. So in the middle of the board game, I'm going to change the laws. And they're doing very good at that. So the, the tactics, notice the Democrats are changing their tone. And they're doing it by, no, 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 you're not allowing people to make the changes. It's the people's voice with that 51%. We like that mob rule. If we can get 51% to take away the bikes from the kids of the thir- of the 49%, that is our duty to do. And all we have to do is brainwash enough of them that are ignorant, that don't understand the issues enough, and that uh, we'll just go along with it because it sounds really nice because we're talking about the community and we're talking about the people and we're talking about things for you and infrastructure upgrades and clean water and all this. But yet we know deep down the ones that are quote unquote awake, not woke, but awake of what's going on, then we realize that that's a very dangerous tactic because they've used that for a very, very long time. Speaking of playing by separate rules right now, the indictments on Donald Trump continue. uh, And I I love it. I got to admit, Tulsi Gabbard, who is a former Democrat who went after the Democrat Party and now is not and is an independent, has worked a lot with the Republicans. She's been going off on this quite a bit as well, calling out what's going on. And while we look at, again, these popularity polls from Gallup on the just all-over-the-place mindset that people have, is this the future of politics? The non-Republican, non-Democrat, but we just want things done, but what is that thing? We're not quite sure exactly what it is. They're desperate for that new populist leader that's not necessarily Joe Biden or not necessarily Donald Trump, but is just a new populist leader that doesn't like the labels. And Tulsi Gabbard kind of giving it to him on Fox. Jordan, this is yet another example of how far... President Joe Biden's politicized Department of Justice is willing to go to try to destroy his main political opponent as a presidential election is going on. Uh, th- this foundational purpose of what the Biden administration is doing is is really the thing that should be most concerning to every everyone. As we can see, all of these indictments, count after count after count, being thrown at former President Donald Trump. Uh, is clearly an effort to to divert his focus away from the campaign and towards fighting on multiple fronts in these lawsuits and to completely drain his him and his campaign of of resources so that they can't focus on on actually campaigning. 
I think that's a great point, although I think that if Democrats are focused on trying to drain his bank accounts for the campaign, then they're uh, not going to be helping themselves in any way, shape, or form. Because Donald Trump, does he honestly really need to be running campaign ads on TV? Does Donald Trump honestly really need the mainstream media to run commercials and 30-second and 60-second TV ads to try and win people over? Donald Trump, you either already know him or you don't want to know him. You either love him or you hate him. And remember, this is the guy who was the master PR firm that used to uh, campaign and promote his own businesses because he just has that PR mindset. He knows how to get attention. And I really do hope that Democrats are using that as the way to try and drain him so he doesn't have any money to focus on the campaign. And if that's the case, good luck, guys. Good luck. There's your Achilles heel because he's not going to need that one. And I think it's going to be hilarious. We'll do some more of that again tomorrow, plus some election recaps of what's going on tonight. If you are living in the state with an election today, go and vote. Make that voice heard. Have a great time. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.